Hello, and welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This episode is called What Would You Do?, where we discuss professional ethics and uh, professional standards and ethics committee cases. And here with me today is Jim Camarada. Hey, Jim. Good morning, Jen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Right. Good. And Jim is with Keller Williams in Minnesota. So, Jim, do you have a, what do you have for us today? A good one? Got an interesting scenario. Okay. So you've been referred to a seller. She has been in this house since 1962. Okay. She's 92. Oh. And you're going through the listing and um, she basically says, okay, I want you to list this house for me. Right. So go through the paperwork, get to the part where you have to uh, talk about price. Now you've done your research ahead of time. It's got a nice location, cul-de-sac with a nice meandering stream behind the house. So lots of wildlife and nature. And it's just okay. very bucolic. She said, um, I want to net $650,000. Market value is about 400000 Oh. The house is basically a teardown. I mean, it's, it's old. It's not been cared for. Uh, it's not that big and it's got a floor plan that's just eh, not not desirable okay it's a I mean my first question is like how did you even get to this like point but carry on so she says I want a net 650 uh market value is about 400 uh, which means that it would have to sell close to seven hundred thousand dollars so decision point what would you do I mean, I wouldn't take the listing or I would explain to her, try to explain to her and show her, walk her through the process. Okay. What would you do? She says, nope, that's my figure. And that's what I'm sticking with. It's capable. I mean, that's what she, then I say, okay, well, I wish you luck, but I don't, I wouldn't even have been there because we would have discussed this over the phone during the pre-listing consultation. But I mean, that's a big difference. It's a huge difference. And further diving in, it seems as though there was a, a builder or developer maybe five years ago who went up and down the street uh, to all of the neighbors saying, I want to develop this property. Uh, I'll buy it from you for $750,000. Wow. She should sell it to him. She didn't. There, it, there really was no money. He didn't get approval from the city. He okay. It. There was no money transferred. There was no money. There was no. So it's not a real buyer. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. So I'd probably explore about like if that's the only place that she got the numbers from, and then like go back to her motivation. But mm-hmm. like, I think it's malpractice for us as agents to like. That's a lot. Like, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you look at uh, our professional standards, uh, Article 1 says that uh, we pledge ourselves to protect and promote the interests of our clients, and their interests are primary. Slide down to Standard Practice 1-3, and attempting to secure a listing shall not deliberately mislead the owner as to market value. Oh my gosh. I think we need to reread that again. I mean, how many listings have you seen 
where you're like, what the hell? Well, you know, 5,000, 10,000, but okay. nearly 300. Even like, you know, somewhere between like one and 3%, but like beyond that, that's a, that's a big jump. It's huge. It's, it's huge. Big. Yeah. So yes, from a, uh, an ethics standpoint, we should walk away from it. If she is just so adamant and, you know, just fixated on that particular price, no, yeah. there's no way, no way, Jose, get out of it. Um, besides the ethics, you also have your own personal reputation at stake. Right. Other agents and, and other potential buyers and sellers can look at that and say, what are you doing? <laughs> right. What kind of professional are you? I mean, so, this is like part of buying the listing, right? It's oh, like, it's worse than buying a listing. <laughs> yeah, it is. But this is this is one way. So it's like you can grocerly, you can overprice it to get it, or you can undercut your commission to get it. This is never good. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, this was an extreme. Yeah. Really an extreme. Like an actual. Um, so like what would happen? So we see a house that is grossly overpriced. Like this would never be like a case, would it? Like, do people like what would the other realtor like say you're in violation of article, whatever? Possibly, possibly you could be called on it because it is a clear violation of, uh, of the code. I mean, to secure a listing shall not deliberately mislead the owner as to market value. That is a gross misrepresentation of market value when it's 400 and the seller wants to go. Yeah. Once a net, that's true. It doesn't work. So run, run, run for it. (laughs) (laughs) well let's um let me take a short break talk about our partners and let's come come back with some final thoughts so i have two partners i'm thinking of for you today i think especially for this one there's a saying that says generate so you don't have to tolerate and there's a really great yes (laughs) and a really good way to generate leads is using vulcan 7 so they have a promotion where you can get two weeks for $49. You just go to Vulcan7.com slash Jennifer Mertland. Then you can get for sale by owners, expired, circle prospecting, and get all kinds of stuff. Or you can generate leads through Ghost Poster, which is social media marketing. And um, their deal is she has $50 off. So you go to mycoachmonica.com slash offers and enter in Fight Club for your discount. But I think like for this case... This brings me to a point of like, how do you learn and how do you know how to pull the value of a home? Like, especially as the market is going up and it's coming down because the past, as it's going up, the past doesn't matter. As it's coming down, the past also doesn't matter. So where do you learn how to do this? How do you know you're grossly overpricing or getting Mm -hmm. the right price? Yeah. And that's the challenge every single day. and. Things I learned years ago. Real estate school. Pardon me. Things they don't teach you in real estate school. No, how to be a don't. realtor. How to do the work. They don't. No. And you're going to crack up when I tell you this. Um, there was an appraiser years ago when I was in corporate relocation management, and um, I, I asked them one day. I said, "You know, you've been doing appraisals for years and years and years. What is your secret sauce?" Yeah. Well, if there was anything that you could share with me, he says, "Well." Jim, I go, I, I, I study the comparables 
I look to see what the history has been because that's what we appraisers have to do, especially for banks. We have to look at the history. Okay. What are similar style, similar sized homes in the similar locations sell for? Mm -hmm. Then we look at the, we do look at the competition. We we look to see what what is competing because that's also going to influence, of course, um, you know, marketing time and such like that. And I always stress that with my with my seller clients. Mm -hmm. He says, but after all is said and done, and after I've uh, gone through the house and looked at it, I go across the street, sit in my car, spit out my window, and say, "What would I pay for it?" <laughs> Oh my God. Is that great or what? <laughs> That's awesome. I think though, there is some like nuance, right? So like after you've been and sold so many houses over a long period of time, you can literally like go into a house and be like, it's worth this because in your, you've done it like sort of in your head almost or whatever. And like a house it really depends on the condition too and how it feels, which is what the appraisal, the appraisers miss, but that's mm -hmm. a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Well, it was like the appointment that I went on yesterday. Um, mom is now in a, uh, a nursing home and uh -huh. uh, two sons are trying to figure out, you know, how can we get rid of all this thing? And so I looked at the comps before I went. Um, then when I got there, the curb appeal wasn't yeah. too bad. Yeah. I got inside and I went. Was it like a hoarder house? Uh, well, she's uh, what, 91. Wow. Um, and uh, a lot of things, let's just say a lot of things did not get thrown away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and they raised three kids in that little 1,000 square foot house. Oh, yeah. People used to do that all the time. One bathroom. One bathroom upstairs. Yeah. yeah. It was an empty bunker toilet. Um, oh, no. <laughs> And so I, I went through and I'm looking at the paint peeling off of the ceiling and the plaster and I'm going down in the basement and I'm looking at all the stuff on the walls and uh, uh, really over the years, it's 1914, the, the, the structure of the house has been modified. Yeah. You know, so I'm looking at it and saying, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. there's some potential structural issues with this thing. Something else is going on upstairs with all the peeling paint. Um, Guys, how much money do you want to split, spend on this thing? Right. You have two. Well, we don't want to spend anything. Yeah. We need all that money to pay for mom's nursing home. I said, okay, we got to price this thing as is and I'll come yeah. up with a number for you. Right. So I we'll, mean, that's we'll the thing, it. right? So like we all pull, we call them comparables and in our head, comparables are like, it's generally location based, yeah. but I really think it's, I like to change the word to relevant properties I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. Properties. Because it is, it's not, it is what's in the neighborhood, right? Yes. Yes. And it's also what else would the buyer buy? And to your point, who is the buyer? If we're selling this type of property that you mentioned as is, you're having an investor buyer, a homeowner, right? A homeowner is not going to be like, come in there and want to do their like sweat equity. That's a very small market right now. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, it's going to be somebody that's going to flip it. Yeah. So where else, but yeah. Where else are those investors looking? What can they get? What is their after repair value on this house? How much are they going to be putting in it? I mean, it's purely a math problem for them. And so as the agent, we have to work it backwards. Yeah. So you start here, what, what's market value and where is that as is price? Exactly. And, and building in yeah. like profit and stuff like that. But even for like a homeowner, it's like, okay, well, where else are these people looking? 
Like the neighborhood comparables are kind of like the cap. But if you have that, like, let's say you have a $300,000 neighborhood, right? And it's like, okay, what are the other $300,000 neighborhoods that this buyer is likely going to be looking at? And what is the condition of those homes? And that will help us. Absolutely. So it, we it, should do a class on comparables and relevant properties, Jim. Well, we can do that too sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I started off reviewing appraisals when I got into relocation management. So that's oh, what I did for, know, for the first year of my business. So appraisals are trash. No, I'm just kidding. They protect me. It's it's fun and it's interesting. Mm -hmm. but, uh, it's it's not an exact science, but people want it to be. They want it to be. I know it's hard. It's, yeah. it's still okay. You can't see me, but it's still part gut feeling, right? You know, so exactly. Well, you, you know that when you're showing a property to somebody, it either feels right, right, or it doesn't. Don't right. try to justify with logic. Right, it either feels right or it doesn't. Yeah. What do they say? Like, um, logic makes you think, but emotion makes you act. Yep. 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 Exactly. Yep. 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 Well, Jim, if people have a referral for you in Minnesota or they have a question, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Sure. I'm in uh, the Minneapolis metro area. So 612-562-7461 or Jim Camerata at kw.com. Awesome. And if people have questions um, for me or they're interested in joining EXP, you can call me at 513-400-1691. Hey, Jim, thanks for being on. Hey, Jennifer, it's always a pleasure working with you. Yeah. <laughs> you take care. Have a great day. Yeah.